the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is by St. John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, and can be found on page 1649 of your pew Bible. John records, Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night, and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Well, Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, this is the second Sunday of Lent. It's a season of 
reflection and repentance. Um, typically, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a dark season, you know. Uh, we are uh, reflecting on uh, that which uh, we have done and that which our Lord has died on that cross. And you'll uh, have heard it, read it in the uh, sermon this morning. Um, that was a plea and a, and a recognition of, of Christ's work on the cross. And it was an I that I put him there. And, and so that is going to be the theme. The music's going to be um, a little bit dark. It's going to be a, a little bit slower. Um, we will throw in some, some worshipful music in there to pep things up. But this is a season where we are to be reflective. So let me start with this. Um, just a little factoid here, because um, they get a bad rap, but did you know not all of the Pharisees were jerks? They weren't. Um, there were honest Pharisees. In fact, Nicodemus was one of them. And he had heard about this young rabbi from Galilee. And he had a, a genuine curiosity he really wanted to understand this young rabbi's teachings. So he looked Jesus up the next time Jesus was in town, when Jesus was in Jerusalem. And Jesus was in town for the Passover. And as was his custom when he was in Jerusalem, he camped out on the Mount of Olives during the night. And a lot of people camped around the city during those crowded festivals. So one night, as we read, Nicodemus took advantage of the situation, the darkness, knowing where Jesus would be, and he came to visit with him. And Nicodemus came to Jesus with a great deal of respect. He wasn't quite ready to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He was ready to admit that he might be a great prophet. And even as a prophet, Jesus' words would be God's words. And as the Holy Spirit inspired John to record this conversation, we have the opportunity to learn about the work that each member of the Trinity, that each member of the Trinity has in our salvation. You see, the Father loves. The Father loves and sends his Son. The Son saves the world and offers forgiveness, life, and salvation to all. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit establishes and maintains the faith that receives and holds the gifts that the Son offers to us. The Holy Spirit delivers these gifts through the Word of God. And as we hear it, and as we read it, as it comes to us in the water of baptism, and as it comes to us in Christ's very body and blood, as we eat the bread and drink the wine of the Holy Supper. Now, as Jesus began answering Nicodemus' questions, he actually worked his way from the end of the process of salvation back to the beginning. 
he began with the Holy Spirit's activity of establishing faith in us. And we call this process conversion. The Holy Spirit converts people from spiritual death to spiritual life. Jesus said this process of conversion is a spiritual birth. And after Nicodemus introduced himself, Jesus replied, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And again, later, after Nicodemus asked for more explanation, Jesus started over, and he added more details this time. That's when he answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. The spiritual birth of conversion is a lot like physical birth. You can ask any mother or anyone who has assisted or witnessed the birth of a baby. You can ask him this, who does all the work? You can say it, who does all the work? The mother! You're darn right. The baby endures quite a bit as he or she travels through the birth canal, but the baby does not provide the work. The work comes from mom, and the baby experiences the work. He experiences the work, but he provides none of it. It is the mom who does the work giving birth. The baby passively experiences the birth. Things are the same in the spiritual birth of conversion. Although a great deal is happening to us during this life-changing process, we do absolutely nothing to make it happen. We do not decide to follow Jesus. We do not give ourselves to God. Just as mom does all the work of physical birth, so God does all the work of spiritual birth. We do nothing. So when Jesus answered, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit, he was telling Nicodemus and us that just as mom brings Junior into the physical world with a physical birth, so also the Holy Spirit brings the Christian into the spiritual world with a spiritual birth. So then, this faith, this new birth, is the new spiritual life, this new spiritual life, it is a gift and a work of the Holy Spirit. It is a miracle that God works in us. That is the reason that we can baptize anyone, and especially babies. 
In fact, if you think about it, the miracle might be a greater, the miracle in baptism may be greater in adults since the Holy Spirit must work to undo a lifetime of false belief before he can work the true faith in them. A baby, on the other hand, is a blank slate, much less likely to put up a, a fight. Faith, faith is always a miracle of the Holy Spirit. But I wonder, actually I think, that this miracle might be a little greater when it comes to spiritual birth of an adult. So faith, a miracle of the Holy Spirit, what are its benefits? Why? Why does God go through all the effort to produce a faith in us? Well, this faith receives the work that God does for us. And here Jesus talks about himself, for he is the one who earned the benefits of faith for us. Jesus often called himself the Son of Man. And he said, he had this to say about that, that the Son of Man... No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And the first thing he told Nicodemus about himself was that he had descended from heaven. It's a very clear indication that the Son of Man is also the Son of God. When Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he talked about himself, for he is truly God. And the first benefit that Jesus revealed to Nicodemus was the knowledge that Jesus is both God and man. In fact, he is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near. Now the benefit of conversion becomes even clearer when Jesus moved on to tell of the work that he would do as God and man. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And here is the chief benefit. The chief benefit of faith that the Holy Spirit works in us through conversion. That chief benefit is eternal life. Whoever believes has eternal life. And so what do we believe? What do we believe? Well, we believe that Jesus was lifted up on the cross just as Moses lifted up the, the serpent in the wilderness. We believe that by his suffering and death, Jesus won eternal life for us. We believe that he offers it as a gift to us. We receive that gift by faith, and that gift that the Holy Spirit works in us by the new 
spiritual birth. Here, Jesus tells Nicodemus that only faith in him can save. Nicodemus can try to keep all of the laws of Moses until he perishes from the effort. And the truth is, it will do him no good as far as a eternal life is concerned because it is the same for us. And that, that is this, that God's only standard is perfection. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you. It only takes one sin to doom us. Only one sin to doom us forever. And even so, we sin every day. And we cannot save ourselves. And what a marvelous salvation and comfort it is that whoever believes in Jesus Christ receives all the benefits that Jesus earned for us on that cross. Those benefits again are forgiveness, life, and salvation. So where is the Father in all of this? Well, the Father, he's the one who loves, the one who gives, and the one who sends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here's the work of the Father. He loves us, and he sacrifices his only begotten Son, to die for us. And we cannot understand this kind of love. After all, we are the greatest corrupting influence in all of creation. We are entirely unlovable. And despite this fact, the truth is, God loves us. His love forced him to act on our behalf. In his love, he sent Jesus into this world to become our substitute. He sent his son into the world to be lifted up on the cross in order that the world may be saved through him. In this conversation, Jesus gave Nicodemus a, a whole lot to think about more than we have time to consider today. He explained that in this new birth by the Holy Spirit that gives us the gifts of forgiveness, the gift of life, and the gift of salvation that the Son earned for us on the cross, he, he proclaimed the Father's love that he sacrificed his only begotten Son for us. And it is with these words that Jesus explained that the kingdom of God does not come 
to Nicodemus because he is a decent or rather a descendant of Abraham, but because the Holy Spirit gives him the faith that Abraham had. As Ed had written, Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. The Holy Spirit used Jesus' words as he always does. He overcame the pride of Nicodemus. He softened Nicodemus' heart. And eventually Nicodemus, eventually he did experience the new birth as the Holy Spirit established faith in him. Well, how do you know that? Well, Nicodemus proclaimed his faith with his actions. After Jesus died on the cross, recorded in John 19, verses 38 through 42, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. And then we read, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. And so they took the body of Jesus and they bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in that garden, a new tomb in which no one had been laid. So, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Listen, Nicodemus helped Joseph of Arimathea place Jesus' body in the tomb. And imagine what joy it must have been when Nicodemus learned that the body that he laid in Joseph's tomb was no longer there. That his Savior, Jesus Christ, had risen from the dead. What a joy it is for Nicodemus that he will forever enjoy the kingdom of God that he received through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. What a joy it is for us to have the Holy Spirit's gift of the new birth that the day will come when we shall join Nicodemus when we shall join Nicodemus around the throne of God in the eternal joy of everlasting life. In the name of Jesus, amen.